You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1277 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Thursday evening, and today's podcast will cover all kinds of topics, and I want to thank you for joining us on the show today, and always, please subscribe to this podcast, make us your first listen each and every day on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, of course, on the video side as well, and follow us on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Um, it's sort of a bonus episode of sorts. We've had a lot of content already this week and more to come as the Hawks open Summer League on Saturday in Las Vegas. I'm already on the ground here in the desert. We'll be covering that game and all of the games all the way through for the Hawks. But um, some stuff sort of hit on today on the podcast and sort of a Summer League preview. And at the end of the show, some video slash audio from Aaron Holiday, who was introduced to the media um, here in Atlanta recently in the last couple couple of days. I'll play that that video at the end of the podcast for uh, some bonus feature on this show. But first, some uh, sort of nuts and bolts kind of things. Some formal announcements came through in the last couple of days. Uh, Kevin Herter, the deal actually is official. Him going to Sacramento. Travis Schlenk said the following about Kevin Hurd on the way out. He says about that transaction. In acquiring Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless, we've added two defensive-minded quality veterans who can help our team on the court and in the locker room. We'd like to thank Kevin Herter for his contributions, both on and off the court. He grew as a player and a person in his four seasons with us, and we wish him the best in Sacramento, end quote. Other than that, no uh, curveballs. The deal was already reported and analyzed on this show multiple times, but if you missed the details, it was Kevin Herter to Sacramento in exchange for Justin Holiday, more Harkless, and a future first-round pick from the Kings. I've done two extra episodes on that with my own solo thoughts. And then earlier this week, I talked to Matt George of Locked On Kings. Those are, those are available still in the feed right now. And also, as one more plug here, I did a full-blown deep dive on AJ Griffin um, with Brian Geisinger that posted on, on the podcast feed on Wednesday. So that's definitely one you want to listen to in advance of summer as well. Um, after that, some uh, bet online nug- nuggets here. In the last few days, they actually re- uh, released some odds for the awards for next season. It's also very early for that. I definitely understand that. But um, people were asking me about this after I tweeted a little bit about it. So I'm going to run through a little bit, of, at least a few of these that are available now with some Hawks interest. Um, bet online uh, released rookie of the year odds, and AJ Griffin is 33 to 1. That is the same odds as Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, and Usman Jang, all of whom were taken before Griffin. So, probably a good sign there in terms of the upside and the recognition of Griffin. The favorites, as you might imagine, in some order are Chet Holmgren, Paulo Boncaro, and Javari Smith, followed by Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray, the top five picks. That's how it usually works for rookie of the year, unless it's some crazy situation. Um, and this year, that's probably the chalk if you want to pick that. But Griffin, um, I would say not likely to win Rookie of the Year just because of the smaller role, but certainly a guy who can contribute uh, potentially this year with his shooting, and then we'll get into his defense and all that stuff later on. But um, again, full full blown breakdown of, of Griffin on the on the recent podcast with Brian Geisinger. If you want to listen to that, uh, Navy Millen is twenty eight to one to win Coach of the Year honors at Bell Online. That's sort of in the middle of the pack of the NBA, as you might expect for a team like the Hawks that is projected somewhere in the middle of the pack right now. Um, obviously, it's some upside beyond that for the team side. The favorites in rookie of the, sorry, Coach of the Year are Ami Udoka, um, Jason Kidd, Taylor Jenkins, Monty Williams, Ty, Ty Lue, Eric Spolstra, Michael Malone, and Nick Nurse in the top seven. No huge surprises there. Uh, it would surprise me if Nate were to win Coach of the Year, but I do think that if the Hawks were to post a you know, top two or three seed, he'd actually have a pretty interesting case, potentially. 
Um, I've always been kind of in the middle on Nate for people that are listening to the podcast for the first time. I was uh, not on the bandwagon of Nate being, you know, the greatest coach of all time two years ago when he got a lot of credit for that turnaround. Uh, last year, I was not one of the people that was trying to fire Nate every week. Uh, I was of, I'm kind of in the middle on that. I think he's kind of in that large group of coaches that don't make a huge difference positively or negatively. They're kind of just in the middle. He has strengths, his weaknesses, and uh, we'll touch on that more, obviously, as the season arrives. Um, elsewhere, the Defensive Player of the Year odds are out, and DeJounte Murray is the only player on the Hawks roster listed. That was a, a little bit of a surprise to me. I think Capella not being listed is pretty silly. Uh, two years ago, Capella played at a, a Defensive Player of the Year kind of level. He was never going to win it. Rudy Gobert was deserving and did win it, end up winning that award, but I thought Capella was a top-five defender in the sport two years ago. Last year, less so, but certainly played well in the second half of the season, all that stuff, and I think if there was a player on the Hawks roster that actually had a chance, albeit a minor chance, to win this award. It would be Capella, not DeJounte Murray, but Murray is listed at 60 to 1. Um, you know, just guards are difficult. I know Marcus Smart won this year and kind of broke that drought of guards never winning Defensive Player of the Year. But I don't think with the Hawks situation, you kind of have to have the number one defense in the league to actually have this kind of credit as a perimeter player. And Murray uh, is going to help the Hawks defense. But I think overall, this team is not going to be a dominant defensive team no, no matter what. So I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked to be actually won it. As far as the favorites, though, it's Robert Williams, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, and his, and his new team in Minnesota. Marcus Smart with a repeat bid. They're all 10 to 1 or better at this point in time. And lastly is the most, most interesting one for me. This is why I left this one to last on this little list. But Bogdan Bogdanovich is 33 to 1 to win sixth man of the year. And I actually really like that value. Now, he shouldn't be a favorite, I don't think, right now because of the injury more than anything else. But if Bogey was 100% healthy, I would probably pick him to win the award, maybe. That's how good I think he's going to be in that role. We saw last year, I thought he had a pretty good top three case last year to win sixth man of the year. He was never going to win it. Tyler Hero was kind of a runaway by the end. But I think that Bogdanovich, both in terms of player quality and role, he's going to have the points that you need. Because honestly, sixth man of the year, as much as I don't love that, construction of the award is almost always given to someone who scores a lot of points. And Bogey can do that for the Hawks. He'll be off the bench unless there's an injury for the most part of the season. I'm expecting it to be Trey, DeJounte Murray, and DeAndre Hunter as the one, two, and three starting. Bogey, I'm sure, will have some starts when guys are out, but he's going to project as a bench guy, and all you have to be able to do to qualify for six man of the year is to play more off the bench than you do as a starter, which he definitely should make. Um, if he can average you know, 15, 16 points a game and shoot well from three on a good basketball team, that's a really good recipe for six man of the year chatter. Again, not likely to win it, but 33 to one is a pretty good odds for me. I think he definitely has more than a 3% chance to actually win six man of the year. So if you want to do some speculating on the Hawks side, that's the one that I like the most of all of these if I had to pick one out of a hat. Um, um, the betting favorites, by the way, for sixth man of the year are Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, Jordan Clarkson, Kevin Love, Bones Highland, and Bobby Portis. Kind of the usual suspects in a lot of ways there with, with all of these small um, kind of combo guard types. Your Hero, Poole, Clarkson, Bones Highland types are all those like combo guard scorer types. That's the guys who usually win this award. So Bogey's a little bit different than that, but certainly someone who can fill it up. and might be interesting if you want to take a long shot at this stage. Okay, before we get into some Summer League stuff and sort of my overall thoughts on Summer League before it actually begins, I work from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. The other one that makes models these days especially impossible for local chain stores to start all the car and truck parts that you actually need for your automobile. And even if they actually had them, if you want to endure all the questions from the person behind the counter, all they want to do is say what they want to sell you from behind, from behind the counter or at the warehouse, whatever helps them instead. 
help yourself. And the best way to do that is to have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. It's a much better option overall. Why spend more for the exact same parts from a chain store or dealership when you order the rockauto.com very easily from your own home or even easier on the go, perhaps. And rockauto.com is also filling business. It's been serving customers more than 20 years at this point, and the prices are reliably low for each and every customer. That's very helpful for anyone, even if you don't know anything about cars. Like, honestly, I don't really know much about cars. They have all of the stuff that you could possibly want for your car or your truck. That includes brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet. Check out the website right now, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, when you arrive, write locked on in the box that asks you how you heard about rockauto.com so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so first things first, the summer league schedule for the Hawks. They famously do not play until Saturday, which is unfortunate. I know Hawks fans are all ready to see them play. I'm honestly ready for it to get here as well because summer league is going to be opening. Really, as I record this on Thursday, you're going to be listening to this podcast probably after these games are over. But a doubleheader on Thursday in Vegas. Of course, the games have already been happening in Salt Lake City and San Francisco. And a long wait for the Hawks, who do not, who do not play until 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So 4.30 p.m. local here in Vegas, but an NBA TV start. Against Utah, 7.30 on Saturday. Then the Hawks are off on Sunday. Then they play Monday against New Orleans, NBA TV as well. They play Tuesday against Miami, NBA TV again. And then they're off again on Wednesday. And then Thursday against the Spurs on ESPN2. After that, they'll play at least, sorry, not, not least, exactly one more game. Either next Friday, the 15th, or next Saturday, the 16th, they'll play at least one more time. And that is determined by what happens in the first four games. So you're guaranteed five games in Vegas. There used to be a longer tournament that no longer exists. Now it's just kind of a one-off. So they're, they're going to play five, five games on the schedule. Four of them we know. And then the fifth one will be either next Friday or next Saturday in the desert. Uh, coaching staff-wise, Nick Van Exel, a very prominent former player, of course, is on the Hawks staff. He'll actually be the head coach for Summer League. It's the first time he's done that with any organization. So uh, a nice opportunity for him to kind of show himself a little bit on this stage. The rest of the staff is Hawks assistant Jamal McMillan, who is Nate's son, of course, player development coach Paul Jesperson, and Skyhawks head coach Steve Gainsey rounding out the staff. Uh, usually, um, Nate will be around. He's not going to be actually on the staff, quote-unquote, but Nate and Travis and Landry Fields will all be close by. Um, I'm sure making observations behind the scenes, but won't be on the bench, as you might expect. I'm sure you'll probably hear from those guys. Usually, uh, they do a good job of getting like Nate or Travis or maybe Landry this time around to talk on the broadcast. I'll be in the building, so I probably won't hear that stuff live, but generally speaking, it's the it's a it's a full team effort uh, around this uh, around the uh, team in Las Vegas, uh, coaching staff, front office, etc. Roster headlines. Uh, the big one, of course, is AJ Griffin. So he's the biggest name and the most prominent guy of interest for the Hawks in Las Vegas. The number sixteen pick from this year. Again, one more time here. I talked to Brian Geisinger about him extensively, fifty plus minutes of content that earlier this week. So I'm going to save most of that uh, my thoughts on this podcast to just point you to that deep dive breakdown. But basically. It's very obvious, but Griffin is the guy who is the of the most interest of uh, both Hawks fans and also national folks as uh, Summer League arrives for the Hawks. Elsewhere, the Hawks have three more guys that are on, always, always close to being on the current roster. Uh, that is Sharif Cooper, who is currently a restricted free agent, but I'm sure he'll be back on the roster by all indications. Tyrese Martin, of course, the second-round pick, has not been signed just yet, but will probably either be on a two-way or a full minimum contract. And then Shondi Brown, who, who played for the bunch, uh, Hawks for a, a bunch last year, and then sign a two-way contract. So those three guys are the next three in terms of prominence because they're basically either on or close to being on the roster for Atlanta. After that, you have the non-roster invitees. You have another second, number four, former second-round pick for the Hawks in Alpha Caba, who was the number 60 overall pick in 2017. It's been a long time. He was actually in summer league before with the Hawks a while ago. He's improved as a player quite a bit, but he's also 26 now, so maybe a little bit on the older side. 
by prospect standards. The biggest name besides that is Chandler Hutchinson, who was a first-round pick in 2018, the same draft as Trey and Kevin Herter, etc. He's bounced around since then, but certainly a guy that people recognize on the floor. Also a guy that I really like is Joe, Joel Ayayi, who was on a two-way deal with the Lakers at one point last year, then got cut by the Lakers and signed, signed with the Wizards. But out of Gonzaga, it's kind of a, a sort of jack-of-all-trades kind of guard type that I liked in that draft. It was in my top 40 of that draft class. Another recognizable name for the Hawks, at least for a lot of diehard fans, is Justin Tillman, who averaged huge numbers with College Park last year in the G League. Now, he's 26 and kind of is mostly like an undersized center type, 6'8 or so, played some four, but it's sort of probably just more of a pure big, but certainly is established in the organization, a guy that people seem to like and is, you know, obviously plays hard and is very productive in the G League. So he'll uh, be of interest as well. In, I'm, I would guess he probably starts, if I had to guess, at this point in time. Uh, but positionally, we've got to go through this as, as to who the guys have, who the Hawks have on this roster quickly here. In the backcourt, uh, Sharif Cooper is obviously the guy of interest um, at the point guard spot. I would be shocked if he's not starting and playing a lot of minutes on this roster. Obviously, he should be. Good time for him to kind of show what he's what he's been able to do over the last year for people that are not necessarily dialed in on the G League. They have Chris Clemens, who's been in the NBA a few times behind Sharif. Kind of a, you know, he's, he's actually more of a scorer, but he's like 5'9", very tiny score type. Ayayi is a guard, but as I mentioned before, more of a do-it-all guy, kind of a ball mover, good rebounder, active, like role player type player. Um, Tyson Etienne from Wichita State's a guy I've always actually liked. Doesn't really have a clear path to the roster or anything, but should be an interesting guy to keep on, keep an eye on in Vegas. And then James Akinjo is a rookie guard from Baylor, actually played at Georgetown and Arizona. So he had a kind of a weird college track, but a recognizable name, prominent recruit, all that fun of stuff. And I'm not sure how he's going to play in terms of uh, what the order might be behind Sharif as to who plays the most minutes. I like to see a lot of IIE if I'm the Hawks, but uh, obviously that's that's just me, not, not necessarily talking for Landry Fields and Travis Schlenk. On the wings, you have AJ Griffin, obviously the guy to watch closest. He'll be around. The Hawks are heavily invested there. I want to see what he looks like as a ball handler in Las Vegas. Also, just how, how explosive he looks athletically after pre-draft training. Always helpful for me to see the guys up close in this setting in Vegas. One of the things, one of the reasons I come out here is to see like what guys look like athletically. That's a little bit different than watching on TV. So I'm actually pretty intrigued to see how he looks. But obviously, a guy that should be playing early and often for Atlanta. In Las Vegas, uh, Tyrese Martin will be around this year. Obviously, a big thing there is how he shoots it, how the stroke looks. But he shot it well last year at UConn. Um, there's some questions, though, about his consistency as a shooter. If he can shoot, I think he can be an NBA player. If he can't, it's a little bit tougher. So that's obviously a swing skill for Tyrese Martin. I mentioned before, Hutchinson is a wing with some pedigree. He's 26. Interesting skill set overall. A guy that's recognizable to Hawks fans probably is Marcus George's Hunt, a former Georgia Tech um, wing. He's 28 now, of course, though, probably on the older side, but a good sort of veteran to have in summer league around. He's, he's actually played in the NBA before, good defender, et cetera. They have Max Heidegger, who is back. Um, he was actually on the team last year. He's kind of small, like a 6'3 combo guard shooter, gunner type. He's 25, not really a prospect. We can certainly bring some spacing if they want to play him and get some uh, more of a more shooting on the floor. And then in the front court, um, Shawnee Brown is a guy I mentioned before, 23-year-old, played five games for the Hawks last year during the COVID madness. He's on a two-way contract. I always like Shawnee Brown. Obviously, he played at Michigan, which probably helps a little bit on my side, but I think he can function on an NBA court right now as a defender, play a little bit of three, a little bit of four, even potentially, I know he's a little bit undersized for that, but definitely a physical guy. And Nate really, really seems to like him after the way he played last year when he was forced into action. Uh, Tillman, I'm much arrested for Justin Tillman, 26-year-old from VCU, undrafted in 2018 after a four-year college run, but was all G League last year. Was very, very productive with College Park. Also had a 10-day contract with the Hawks in December when all the madness was going on as well. A good athlete. 
he's really a big despite being 6'8", but he's a good rebounder, plays really hard. He's very efficient and productive, so a good guy to keep an eye on. Alpha Kaba is like as much of a 4, 26 years old now. Probably not coming over anytime soon, but could maybe earn a third center type of role if he's um, playing well at this point in summer league. Played in Turkey last year, 6'10", 240. He's definitely probably the only like pure center on the roster. Uh, good mo- good motor. I haven't, I haven't actually watched him a ton lately because he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind, but all indications are that I've been hearing that he's got a lot better. Again, probably the only true center, maybe Grant Golden as well, which we'll get on in a second, but he's kind of the only guy along with, I guess, maybe Tillman will we'll probably play some center minutes as well, but he's really the only center-sized guy that's a uh, kind of a traditional uh, pick and pick and roll kind of center. Um, Anthony Deruji is a 23-year-old from Florida. He'll be on the roster, 6'7". Good athlete, uh, good finisher, plays hard. Not sure how much he's going to play. He's kind of an undersized big type as well. And I mentioned before, Grant Golden, 6'11", big man from Richmond. Really good passer as a big man. Um, kind of a finesse guy, but it was actually a six-year player in college. So he's not exactly young as a prospect, but a skilled guy, has some size and can pass, maybe, maybe sort of run that stuff through the high post. So I say all that. It's kind of the roster rundown. I would stress to everyone not to get caught up in too much in like who wins and how the team performs. Obviously there's a little bit of that from the team side, you know, guys do want to win. Uh, it's always a rule of thumb that when, when, when teams win in summer league, the quotes are better because guys want to win. Even though these games don't matter, these are professional athletes. They want to compete and get better and win games. And that'll be the case for my, for Ben Exel as well, who will speak to me after every game. I'll pass along anything interesting that I get from the team side, but uh, obviously it's really all about player evaluation and what they're looking for. The attention most of the time for me and everybody else will be on Griffin, Cooper, Martin, uh, maybe and maybe Brown as well. But it might be a good opportunity for one of the off-radar guys in particular, maybe Tillman, maybe Kaba, um, maybe even like Chandler Hutchinson to maybe impress the Hawks and earn a camp invite. Maybe that two-way contract slot still open. The Hawks have, do have some roster spots available. If, even if you assume that Cooper and Martin are on the team somewhere, either on a two-way or a minimum contract, they have a spot or two beyond that if they want to use them. So a good opportunity for some guys here and I'll have sort of my big picture evaluations after every game. Uh, it will be a little bit different than my normal, like, you know, sort of game flow recaps because the games don't necessarily matter in that way, but I'm trying to have some guests on in the next couple of weeks, talk about these guys, big picture. I'll have something after every game might be short, but it's one of those things where we're kind of uh, in and out trying to figure out what's, what's relevant at this league. And you don't want to freak out too much because I'll just remind everybody this as a final thing I'll say about summer league before we move on uh, 2018, Trey young, Salt Lake city, uh, there was the national narrative that Trey Young was a bust after a week. It was kind of absolutely insane. Obviously, Trey Young is an All NBA guard now. Uh, things, and that's kind of maybe the number one example all time of a freak out about summer league for no reason. Um, but basically speaking, especially for the, for the rookies, it's not a big deal if you struggle a little bit. Particularly, Griffin's 18 years old. Like, keep that in mind. If Sharif doesn't look good in summer league, it won't be great because it's a kind of a guard medium. Guards always look better than bigs for the most part in summer league. And Sharif now with a full year of professional basketball, I expect him to be really good. In fact, he should stand out in some respects, but if Griffin's kind of just going with the flow, he's an 18 year old wing, hasn't played a lot of basketball in the last couple of years. I kind of get that. I wouldn't panic about it. We'll talk about that more later on, but uh, some context is definitely important. I will try to bring a little bit of that. And also it's okay to have fun with this stuff. I will probably pour cold water a little bit on certain things that are said in the next couple of weeks, but it's okay to get excited about these guys. It's okay to ask me if Alpha Kava is going to be the backup center this year or whatever, it's, whatever the next thing's going to be. There's always something about that. But uh, generally speaking, keep expectations within reason when watching these games and kind of uh, try to eye at like, um, like the player evaluation portion of the podcast uh, that I'll be trying to deliver in the near future. So all that said, Summer League coming up, five games, really interesting stuff. And the last time you'll actually get, get to see fully sanctioned Hawks basketball until October. So it's kind of a long wait. Savor these moments, even if they're not necessarily the highest level. Summer League is often bad basketball, but uh, at least it would be intriguing. And the Hawks do have some interesting guys, because honestly, I covered a Summer League back in the day when the only player 
of relevance for the Hawks was Mike Muscala, who I enjoyed talking to. And was, by the way, he's still in the league. Muscala's had a heck of a career so far. But this is more than the more interesting slates. Even without Jalen Johnson, it would be obviously nice if they had Jalen Johnson available. If you missed this, by the way, he had a uh, non-surgical procedure. That's why he's not playing. It'd be more interesting if they had Jalen, but they still have guys who are really relevant, Sharif and A.J. Griffin in particular, and Martin with his first duty with the Hawks' second-round pick. So I've said all that. That'll be it for that portion of the podcast. And uh, before we get to one final break, I will say after the break, you will hear a full video slash audio of Aaron Holiday's press conference earlier this week. It's about, four, about 13, 14 minutes long. Um, also, his brother, Justin Holiday was introduced to the media on Thursday. I actually missed that. I was in transit, so I don't have that video for you. My apologies. Uh, I would certainly recommend following. I know Lauren Williams of AJC was there. She was tweeting some stuff from that, but um, that, that's why that's not on here as well. But I, I figured it's always interesting to have, a, have that uh, behind-the-curtain access to kind of hear the questions, kind of hear what Holiday sounds like. So after the break, you'll hear, you'll hear Aaron Holiday, I should say, one more time. It's Aaron Holiday that you'll hear after the break, uh, either on video or on the audio side. You'll hear all the questions and the answers, and I didn't know anything at all, just kind of the way it all works. And you can hear firsthand from the newest backup point guard for the Hawks. With that said, a word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And then for the people who actually invented Hunting and Tasty, comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar already, but guess what? Your friends at Built had given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment as well. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of chocolate, sorry, chocolate and coconut brownie goodness. Don't stop what you're doing. But really stop what you're doing. That's the best thing you can possibly do to find to go ahead and do this. Build.com is the place to do it. And they're actually good for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brine chuck puffs are also only here for a limited time. So go to build.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they actually taste amazing. And they have collagen protein, which helps your body to absorb more efficiently and provide a ton of health benefits. That is the best thing possible about Built Bar. The best thing even though about that is Built Puffs. They're also is the taste. And you can enjoy them guilt-free because they really do have all the stuff that you want on the protein side, on the nutrition side overall. And there's an offer from Built.com that makes it even easier for you. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. If you do that, 15% off on your order with Built Bar. One more time, that's promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. So first question, we'll go to Caleb Johnson. Hey, Aaron. Uh, I'm curious when you were picking a new destination of where you wanted to play, what were your priorities? What were you looking for in coming to Atlanta? My main priority was just somewhere I can go and be comfortable, be myself. And obviously with coach Nate being here, um, as somebody I played for my first two years, I believe in Indiana. So that comfortability was there. And I played with a few guys uh, in high school who are also around here. So that was really my main thing, just being comfortable. Uh, I didn't want to go somewhere where I really feel comfortable and at home. Next question goes to Kevin Chenard. Uh, Aaron, when you say that you played with a few guys in high school, are you talking about guys on the Hawks roster? To, so, no, 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 no. Uh, Nick Ressler and Ryan Silverstein. Okay. Um, if, if I could follow up, um, your brother was on the Hawks for most of a season back in the mid-2010s. Uh, did that give you a feel for, for sort of living in Atlanta or the, or the city at that point? I actually didn't come out here when he was here. When he played here, I, I was young. I might have been junior high or high school, so I didn't come out here much. I had my own thing going on with travel ball and high school basketball or junior high basketball. But, I mean, I've spoken to him about it, and – he let me know everything about the city and how 
how much the Hawk fans are, they just get behind you and just push you. Um, they're always going to support us. And that's one thing that I pretty much love about the city. Um, the, the fans are awesome here. And last one for me, when you say that you're looking forward to reuniting with, with Coach Nate, what's, what specifically are you looking forward to with him? Just knowing um, how he coaches and who he is as a person, and he knows me as well. So I think that that just gives me more comfortability out there on the court and hopefully him as well. Um, somebody that can trust me on the court and obviously trust in my game. So that part means a lot to me. Next question goes to Allison Mastrangelo. Hey, welcome to the ATL. Appreciate it. Um, I, is your brother now on the team too, Justin? Mm -hmm. trade? He is? Yep. So I know you guys have played together before, but what is it like kind of reuniting again and playing on the same team? I mean, it's crazy, honestly. Uh, not even like an hour after I signed. It might have been 45 minutes. He called me and said, this might go down. And I was just ex excited, obviously, playing that I've had, but just helps you get more comfortable out there on the court. You know, I know him, he knows me. Uh, we know each other's game, so to play so with So are you guys going to be roommates now that you're here? Or Yeah, we got family, so that probably <laughs> won't happen. We're to the most just about this young um, roster that they have here, especially adding DeJounte and with Trey Young as well. I mean, those are two very talented players, obviously. Um, just being young, I know we're going to fight. We're going to come out with energy every night. And I think we have some pretty good talent to surround those two, uh, two, two guys. We'll go to Lauren Williams next. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to Atlanta. I'm just curious, how do you envision yourself fitting alongside those guys? Um, I, I see myself fitting well. Um, I can play point guard. I can play off the ball. So just wherever Coach Nate needs me, I, I'm willing to do. Um, obviously, if DeJounte or Trey has the ball, I can play the shooting guard and vice versa. I can set them up as well as them setting me up and, and everybody else as well. So I think I fit pretty well with them. And of course, this team is looking to reshape its defensive identity. So how do you see yourself, I guess, helping them take that next step? Bringing energy, um, playing hard on defense, probably picking up full court. Um, but yeah, just, just trying to be bring energy and be disciplined. And I know my brother is going to bring the same thing. So We'll go to Pat next. Hey, this is Pat of SISAllHawks.com. And I just want to know which, if any, current Hawks players reached out to you since uh, the news broke of you coming to Atlanta. Um, I saw a few things on social media and stuff like that, but um, I think I'm going to get into the group chat soon. But everybody has been cool coming over um, from the front office to the players. So I, I just feel very accepted for sure. That's awesome. Thank you. We'll go back to Caleb Johnson. I'm curious, uh, you've played with, you know, under Nate before, you've played with your brother before. Um, what do you remember of that? And how do you kind of want this experience to go different or the same of what you experienced before? 
Uh, I guess I could say the same because I played pretty well with with both Nate and my brother. So, I mean, I'm just looking to have fun. Um, basketball is supposed to be the sport you love and enjoy it. So I just want to get out there, bring energy, do what I can to help my team win and just have fun. Next, we'll go to Allison Mastrangelo. For those that maybe didn't have a, a chance to really see a lot of you play, how would you describe uh, your style, your playing style? Um, just, I know I play hard. A uh, guy who can run the right position or the two. I think I can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, I can get to get into the paint, um, just help collect de collapse the defense, drive and kick and finish for myself. And uh, I love to play defense, so. Next question goes to Cody Chaffins. Can you give us, I know the age ranges with your family probably is, is a little bit of a stretch, but tell me about what it was like growing up in that household and how competitive and what, how, how, how crazy did it get? It was very competitive. We competed over anything, whether it's like a card game or going outside playing tag or just anything you can think of. We probably competed over it, um, but it was fun. I was obviously the young one, the smallest one out of, my three siblings, so I got beat up a lot just being the young kid out there. My sister, my brothers, they all obviously were stronger than me at the time, so, but it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think that going through that made me the man I am today, so I, I enjoyed it. We'll go back to Lauren Williams. Hi again. I'm just curious, what have you been focusing on this off season to kind of, you know, shape up your game going into next year? Just my all around game, um, getting better, shooting the ball, dribbling the ball, um, playing defense and getting to the basket and finishing different ways. Um, but yeah, just my overall game. We'll go to Deshaun Tate. Welcome to ATL, Aaron. Appreciate it. What were your overall thoughts about Atlanta, the city, or and or Atlanta Hawks, the basketball team, prior to becoming a part of it? Um, I knew the city uh, was obviously a beautiful city. Uh, we've always we obviously come here. I've been on the East Coast and the West Coast now, so I've been here quite a bit, and I love the city every time I come. Um, I know it doesn't snow out here, and that's the positive, but just seeing the fan base and how they support the team. I, I really like that. And obviously when coach Nate came here, he, he brought a, I wouldn't say a different type of energy, but he was able to push his guys to where they made it all the way to the, to the conference finals, I believe. And that's just something I want to be a part of um, going that far, seeing it done. I know we can get back there and obviously go forward and get to the championship. So that's, that's one thing I saw, and that's one thing I want to be a part of for sure. If you don't mind me asking another question, um, what are some of maybe the, maybe not necessarily challenges that you face per se, but some of the areas of, you know, whether it be challenges that you faced or areas of your game that you want to improve on that it's like, you know what, Atlanta's the perfect fit for me to be able to, you know, improve on whatever these things are because mm -hmm. of these reasons and maybe because guys on the team that you may have to defend in practice or just whatever the case may be, yeah. what are those things that you're looking to kind of, you know, boxes that you're looking to check on this, on this team this year? 
Um, thinking about that, I feel just being more comfortable out there on the court. Um, that's one of the main things that I think I'll be able to check the box off. Uh, obviously, knowing Nate and how he plays and his playing style, I mean, his coaching style. Um, and like, I, I can play with pretty much anybody, I feel like. And I don't know if I've showed that enough in the past, what, four years, but just putting me out there with Trey, DeJounte, even Bogey, I don't know who's starting or who's not, but just playing with different guys. Uh, I feel like I could really just bring energy, um, ball move, the paint, driving kick, shooting the ball and, and defense. So, I mean, I just want to show my all around game. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've had the chance to really show everything. So I, th I think this is the year to do so. We'll go to Lauren. Hi again. Um, when you evaluate this team from your perspective as, you know, now coming in, what do you see this team needing to do to take themselves to the next level? Um, I don't know. I mean, last year they did a pretty good job of making the playoffs. They were out. Um, they got to the playing game and I believe they actually made the playoffs. So, I mean, just bringing that same energy. Um, with the guys we picked up and, and me included, I can help bring some good energy and just hopefully better communication as well as just being able to be a good teammate. Um, that's one thing that being with the Suns, I really noticed of how, how much that helps just being a good teammate, whether that's cheering your teammate on or like on the court, making the extra pass, hitting the open guy, like, those things really matter uh, when it all when it's all said and done, and that's how you win championships. So, I hope hopefully we can bring bring some of that to uh, to our game. And you mentioned the Suns, and obviously Chris Paul was a, a big factor in in their run. But what were some of the things you were able to kind of pick up from him in your time there? Um, just really to get out there and play for your teammates, um, like obviously just watching them he can pretty much pass with the best of them. Um, so just understanding that part of the game and understanding that everybody's in the NBA for a reason, help them get to their spots, help them get to the shots they like to shoot and having the ball in your hand, you can do that. You can control the game. Uh, one thing he did really well was control the game and hit guys in the right spots. So that's one thing I really took away from Chris. Let's go to Allison. Being the youngest of your brothers, I, what was that like? I mean, where did you get to kind of, I guess, learn and from their game? And what have you taken away, I guess, watching them and their careers? Um, yeah, for sure. I, I saw everything they went through to make it to the NBA. So they kind of laid the blueprint for me. And yeah, I mean, I, I try to take everything I can from my brothers. Those are the two NBA players I watch the most. So yeah, I watched their film. I watched their games. And whatever I can take, I use and whatever else I just throw away in the trash. But I, I do love watching them play. Uh, those obviously are my two favorite NBA players. Let's go back to Deshaun. Aaron, is there a particular player on this roster? I mean, I know that the, you know, obvious answer might end up being your brother maybe, but I don't <laughs> want to speak for you. Uh, is there a particular player on this roster that you're looking forward to playing with the most or just 
I mean, I'm sure all the guys, but is there just someone that kind of sticks out or maybe even somebody on this roster is like, you know what, I really want to learn from this guy or I kind of want to pick this guy's brain. If that doesn't exist, then that's okay. But if there is one, who would that be and what would that be? Um, I mean, I play with my brother, so I play with him already. So this is old news. Uh, I mean, I honestly want to just get out here and play with the whole team. Uh, they were really talented in the previous year, and you can see that. So just getting out there, I feel like it would be fun. Uh, we'll bring, I feel like, a lot of wins this season. And I just want to get out there and play with everybody, honestly. All right, that's it for today's podcast. Please subscribe to the show on your platform of choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube on the video side, or even across platforms. If you want to support the show, the best possible way to do that is to subscribe. Also, leave five-star feedback, reviews, ratings, etc. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHawks. Follow me on Twitter at BTRoland. The next show will be at the very latest after the game on Saturday. If something breaks in between that, I'll, I'll break in with emergency podcasts. But please stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you all next time.